like to welcome everyone today. If you're a guest with us, we're so glad you're here worshiping with us. We welcome you today. Amen. Amen. I heard this the other day. I thought it was quite unique. I think is there is a church. I'm not advocating this. I just thought it was quite interesting. There's a church where the pastor preaches going through the Bible. And I mean that from the standpoint he goes through the Bible sequentially and he'll do Genesis and then Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and so on until he gets to Revelation. When he gets to Revelation, he starts over again. And he does this. And what's funny is you can like when people get saved, they talk about, well, what book did you get saved on? So I got saved like on Leviticus or I got saved on... You know, Philippians, and you got saved in Matthew. So I'm not advocating that. I, I that's thought that would be, that's quite interesting. I don't know how long it takes him to get through the entire Bible. So just thought that was quite, there's always something interesting out there. Luke chapter 2. Very familiar passage of Scripture, especially in this season. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. Before I give you my title, you've got to make a pact with me today. You won't be offended at my title. You won't run out of here. Give me a moment. By the end, you'll understand why this is my title. But when you hear my title, don't gasp. But I want to talk to you today for just a few moments on Santa Claus is coming to town. (laughs) Santa Claus is coming to town. God bless you. You may be seated. It is that time of year that stores and everywhere is filled and those of us that are softies for the season of Christmas begin to turn on our radio or pick out our favorite artists and begin to listen to holiday songs and doesn't take long to go somewhere to hear the song Santa Claus is coming to town. And if you hear that song and you sing along to it, I'm here, not here to sing it for you. But it says, you better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list, he's checking it twice, he's going to find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. And so the whole basis, I'm not here today, before some of you panic, I'm not here today to pick. On Santa Claus, if you and Santa are tight, that's you and Santa just be tight. That's between you and Jesus. But when you break it down today, the whole purpose of Santa coming is to bring gifts to you, but the clause to those gifts are if you've been good. 
And the whole thing is Santa's watching to find out if you've been good or you've been bad. And I know, and we're not going to ask for anybody in here today to, to, to admit this, but I know some of you parents during the holiday season have used that tactic once or twice on your kids. Now, you better listen to me because Santa's watching. And if you don't listen, he ain't bringing you any presents. And so this, this Christmas character is built around giving you something based on your performance. And your performance will be equal to the reward. And if you don't do good, and you are on the naughty list, that your reward will be cold. And so you better perform and be good, because it's your goodness that brings reward. And so kids, behave, because if you behave and you act right, Santa will come and bring you something. Well, that might work for Christmas. But I've got a problem with Santa Claus coming to town. Because that idea of performance is exactly the way some of us think Jesus comes to town. Santa comes to town looking for the good, and some of us think that's the way Jesus is. That Jesus is coming to town looking for the good. And so if you're good, then Jesus will come to you. If you're bad, he's not coming. And so we get in this mentality, and some of us that haven't even been around a while have a tendency to slip into this mentality. Everything becomes a performance and how we think God views us is based on how we're doing that day. So if we pray, God, He must love me today. If I don't pray, God's mad at me. If I sin, God, He's he's upset. He's ready to throw me away. If I'm perfect, then that must mean God really loves me. Slight problem. There may be one or two of us in here today. More one or two of you. I wouldn't say us. I'm not including my one or two of you in here today that may be able to get a few perfect days out of the week. But for the rest of us, it doesn't happen. So if I judge him based off my performance, I've got a big problem. Because everything in me is working against my perfection. There's only one thing inside of me that's perfect, and that's Jesus Christ who's living inside of me. Everything else in my life, everything else about me is working against that perfection because the Bible says all have sinned, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So there's no such thing as trying to strive for something that's impossible to get to. Because there's no way our performance could ever measure up to His love. 
He gave His life for us. He shed His blood for us. There is nothing that I could ever do to deserve such a gift. I could never do anything to deserve or earn that. What could I do? What could I do for Him that would ever make me worthy to earn such a gift? But yet, He does not give it based off of my performance. In fact, I preached several weeks ago on the dark side of love. And the dark side of love, it says, when we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. He didn't wait, because there's a lot of people, trust me, when you've been around a long time, and you're a pastor, you talk to people. Can you tell me any time someone says, you know what, pastor, when I, if I could just get this straight in my life, if I could just get this straight, I'm coming to church. And you know what? They never come. Those people never show up. Why? Because you can't do it. If you could do it, you have already have done it. You can't. You know, Pastor, if I could, if I could just stop doing this, I, I'm going to be at church. If I, if I could just stop, stop do this, and I might get this right. And, I'm, and you know what? I, 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 on one side, I applaud your sincerity, but on the other side, you're wasting your time. Because if you could do it, you don't need a Savior. The whole purpose of a Savior is saying, I can't do it, and if you don't do it, I can't make it. But the idea of me and my performance and that performance being equal or being judged by God and that being a determination of how He sees me, how He views me, how He reacts to me. But the great part about God is that God does not dwell and restricted by the realms that we are restricted and dwell in. We're going to reach back a couple weeks ago, what we what, what preached uh, and, and preached about several weeks ago. Because God does not live confined by our understanding. He's not confined by what we see that God lives and operates on a scale that's greater than we can even comprehend. That our understanding and how we operate, God does not view things that way because in our world, when you've done something and you've done it, it will always be on your record as being done. Even if at the end you're forgiven and I come up to you and you offend me and I say to you, I forgive you, that's awesome, but I'm still going to remember what you did. Even though I've chosen to forgive you. That's why the Bible says how many times we should forgive. He said 70 times 7. Because you know what happens? There are times I forgive sincerely and then that memory comes back. And if I'm not careful, I'll pick that grudge back up again. And you know what I got to do? I got to give it all back again. That's why some of you think, well, I've forgiven. Why haven't changed? Well, you didn't have to. Sometimes forgiveness doesn't happen one time. Because you're human. And unless you can turn your brain off, you're going to have to 
forgive and forgive and forgive. And how many times do I have to do that, preacher? Well, start with 490 times a day and then call me. There's your minimum. Start 490 times a day. If you start there, once you get 491, then we'll talk. But at least start at 490. Why? Because that's the way we operate. And so because of that, it's hard for me, when I make mistakes, to really be able to come in here in my mistakes and and just lift my hands and, and, oh, Lord, I love you today. Why? Because in my mind, guess what I'm hearing? Hypocrite! Hypocrite! You're phony! If everyone knew what you were doing this week and you're here with your hands raised, they would think you're a hypocrite! And so what do I do? I come in here, and I come in here so unworthy, and I sit here, and I could feel the presence of God, but God could never do anything for me today. Look what I've done this week. And we look across the room at somebody, and they got their hands lifted, and God's blessed, and they go, man, they must be really spiritual. Oh. <laughs> That's another message for another day. <laughs> And so we live in this idea and we talk about God wants to do this for you today and God worship, worship. And there's this part of you that really does but you almost like, am I allowed to? I mean, is that, is that cool with God? He knows what I've been doing. He knows the junk in my head, the thoughts I've had. He knows the temptations I've given into. I don't know if I'm worthy to really come in here. But you've got to understand that's not the way God thinks. That's the way you think. That's the way I think. But that's not the way he thinks. Because God is not bound like we are. You know, I think it would be easier for all of us. I think it would make living for God tremendously easy if God would remove things out of our mind. I mean, it would make things a lot easier. Imagine if you have hurt in your life today and you were healed and a part of that healing was the removal of all the memories attached to that. Boy, that would be a lot easier. That's not the way it works. So we're left with the, with the remnants of our actions. And because of our frailty as human beings and our limited understanding and our faults and our own failures and a lot of times the habitual nature of our actions where we repeat the same thing over and over and over again, our struggle is how can God really love me. Because you hear the term, Jesus loves you. And I can say today, Jesus, but I guarantee you, and I mean this sincerely, I guarantee less than 10% really fully embrace that. Even in this room. Why? Because you struggle feeling, how can God really love me? Because of what I know about myself and all the stuff that bounces around in my head. 
frustrations and the things that go on and the things I fall victim to and the things I allow my temptation to, to, to temptation and drive me to do. And so all this, and then I'm just like, there's no way God, God ever. Guess what? The answer's in the question. There's no way God... There's your answer. God, you're thinking like you. You're not thinking like God. Because you look at God from here, there. But God looks at you from there to here. You say, well, that's kind of silly, preacher. That doesn't make sense. It makes perfect sense. Because I can only view myself from this point to here. And so everything about myself that I know is based off where I've come from and maybe the projection of where I'm going. But that sometimes is iffy because most of the time my projection of where I'm going is based off the remnants of where I've been. Oh, I need to say that again. As a human being, we project where we're going because we're following the pattern of where we've been. And so we think it will continue this way because it's always been this way. And so we're here, and this is where we are, and this is how we are, and this is the way we think, and we think God must feel the same way. Because that's the way I see, and so I'm looking at where I've come from. But God doesn't look from this way forward. God looks from here to where you are. Why is that important? Because God can't see beyond where you draw the line in your life. Wherever the line of the blood marks that line, God doesn't see. So everything He's judging, it's not based off where you've been. He's judging based off where He's taking you. So when you walk in here and you lift up your hands and you begin to worship Him, He doesn't see the filthy, no good sinner that's come out of the remnants and stain of sins, but He sees the child of God that He has brought out of darkness and put into light. And when He comes in here and He embraces you, He's not embracing you based off where you've been, he's embracing you because he's coming from where he's taking you. Because he's already where he's at. He, you, you're already in that moment. And he's coming from that. And he's embracing you because in God, there is nothing to base it off of. Because once you say those sweet, beautiful words, Lord, forgive me, and you get that blood applied to you, and you let the blood of Jesus wash over you in baptism, and you get all of that taken away, literally according to the word of God, God cannot, 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 cannot. It's not that he doesn't want to. He cannot, absolutely cannot remember anything beyond that. It's not like it's one of those things out of sight, out of mind. Literally, according to Scripture, it's as if it never happened. It's not like, well, we'll just put it under the blood. We'll just bury it. Literally, in God's conscience, 
It's as if it never took place. Problem is, for me, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like it has taken place. But to God, he literally says, it's as if it never took place. And when I allow, as Paul said in Romans, I allow things to separate me from the love of God, guess what? If I separate myself from his identity, guess what identity I'm going to see myself from? I know this is slow today, but it's helping somebody. I can feel it in spirit. If I separate myself from his identity and how he sees me, I'm going to get my identity from somewhere. Guess where I'm going to get it from? So, that's why getting in the presence of God and being in fellowship with Him is so important because the more I'm in fellowship with Him, the more I allow His Spirit to become my identity and how He sees me begin to change me. So the idea Santa Claus is coming to town, the idea that the only way you're ever going to get anything is if you perform and you do good. I decided today, I wrote my own Christmas song. <laughs> Forget Santa Claus, I got my other song. Are you ready? I'm not singing it though. Yes, thank you. Yeah. You don't have to watch out. It's okay if you cry. You can pout all day. I'm telling you why. Jesus is coming to town. He's forgotten his list. He forgives more than twice. He's the Lord of all of us, both naughty and the nice. Jesus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He'll save you if you're bad or good with power no sin can break. Jesus is coming to town. So put the sadness aside. Let loose with a cry. There's no reason to hide. I'm telling you why Jesus is coming to town. Because ultimately, if I walk in here today because of who I am, I'll never get in here. But I'm not walking in here today because of who I am. I'm walking here today because of who He is. And the grace and the mercy of God that reached down in my life, in the muck, in the mire, in the junk of my life, and picked me up, turned me around, put my feet on solid ground. So you know what? If I've been bad, I may have to hide when Santa comes down the chimney. But if I've been bad, I'm running to Jesus. Because He's the one that can take all of that away. Everything in me. It doesn't matter if I've been good according to the world. Or I've been bad. It doesn't matter to Him. The only thing He asks is, just give me a chance. Give me a chance. That's all I want. Just give me a chance. Give me a chance. Just give them a chance. Don't continue to let who you've been. You know what's the worst part? Especially, at, I'll just pick on this for a minute. 
is safe. You know, sometimes the hardest part about two people when they get married is a lot of times there's conflict because one person projects themselves on that other person. From the instance, they assume that person views them the way they view themselves. And so there's conflict in marriage because until that person begins, begins to get healed and God helps them, they, they, it's impossible for them to be able to really understand that I don't see you that way. Because I can't see beyond myself. And all of us in here today, I only view myself from the lens how I see myself. I'm looking out at you. I know all the stuff going on in my head right now. Saying, hungry, 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 hungry. (laughs) I only see that. You see something totally different. The only thing you see is what you're allowed to see. You're, You're only seeing what you're allowed to see. You're only seeing what is limited by the extremities. You don't know beyond here. You can't see in there. And so your judgment of me is only based by what you can see. My judgment of me has nothing to do with that I can see because I can't see me. Because let's be honest, I'll give you a perfect illustration. How many of you see a picture of yourself or a video of yourself? You're like, oh, God. <laughs> if you ever, ever think, I mean, I'm going to help you out. We're, we're on a journey together. We're all going somewhere, and we're, 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 we're partners in all this. So there's going to be a day when this thing's going to be so big, and we're going to remember. Remember when it started? So I got, a, I got a pact to make with you. If you ever think I, I get a little too big-headed, here's what you do. Kidnap me, strap me in a chair, and force me to either listen to myself preach or watch myself preach. I guarantee you within 10 minutes, whatever ego I had will be so deflated and depressed. But you see only what you can see. But I'm looking at all this stuff. But the problem is most of the time, especially people that have a lot of insecurities, people that have a lot of hurt, they assume everybody looks at them the same way they look at themselves. And so guess what? That's why you get defensive people, edgy people, angry people, people that can cut you. Why? It's nothing to do with you. They're just assuming that you're rejecting them like they're rejecting themselves. So you know what? Oh, we're all over the place today, though. Okay, Lord, whatever we're doing here. So guess what? Here, stand up. I haven't used you today. It it wouldn't feel fitting if I didn't use you. So guess what? I've said this before. I've used this before, but allow me just a moment. If I am, I'll just use this. It's a little, it's it's strong, but just, just bear with me. If I'm an abused person, 
or I've been, let's just say, let, let's just, uh, I'll use, use, this, use this, hopefully. If I've been slapped across my face every day of my life, I mean, just, that's what, that was, that's how I was, that was the affection I got growing up, was just every morning my dad or my mom would slap me across the head. Guess what happens? When I get older, guess what? That's the identity that I see everybody else. So guess what? This is fine young man. You love me? He loves me. This young man loves me. Guess what happens? He comes up to me. Just come up to reach out there like this. I'm, whoa, whoa, watch out. Whoa, watch out. Whoa. You see what he just did? Did you see what he just did? He lifted his hand towards me. Did you see that? He was trying. He wasn't trying to do that at all. He's trying to reach out and love me. But because my interpretation of the way I see myself, my interpretation is he's about to hurt me. Guess what? That's one thing when it's him and I. What if that's God? And God reaches out. And my reaction is, oh, 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 God, don't, don't hurt me, God. Don't hurt me. Because you know what? Most of us, some of us are really hard on ourselves. We make a mistake. You're so stupid. You're such an idiot. You're such a failure. How can you be? And we won't put the other words you probably put out there. We'll just keep it safe today. But you put all that out there. Guess what? That's because that's the way you see yourself. And what happens when you make a mistake? What do you think God's doing? What kind of person are you? I don't even believe I even died for you. I didn't even shed my blood. And, and give me my spirit back. I'm taking that thing back. I don't even want you to have it and ruin that thing. Get that nonsense. You better not speak in tongues. I'm going to fire you. No. That, we don't need that nonsense. That's the way... And God's up there going, just give me a chance. Give me a chance. He's trying to reach out to embrace. We're pulling back. So we're, oh, God, it's not a way. No. No. Somewhere along the line. Maybe not today. But maybe sometime soon in Jesus' name. Somebody in this room today that the Holy Ghost is reaching for, and I don't even know who you are. It's not, I had no notes today. Literally, I had scripture, I had Santa Claus is coming to town, and I had that little song I wrote. That's it. That's my entire notes, as spiritual as it sounds. And here we are off in this direction. Why? There's somebody in here today God's trying to reach for. And I know to, this kind of stuff is not fun to do with. This is Christmas season, and we want happy and jolly, and we want elves and cookies and candy canes, and this is, no, I don't want to do this this time. Maybe not, fine. But I pray today in Jesus' name that at least the seed is thrown in your heart. It doesn't have to be this way. Somewhere today, the the love of God can begin to pull back the layers of all the hurt, the layers of pain, the layers of rejection, the layers of sin, and let the love of God begin to bind up the wounds and let the love of God begin to heal. Why? So that somewhere along the line you can begin to see who you really are and stop seeing who you think you are, but see who God sees you to be. You're not a failure. No, you're not... You're not no good. 
Because if you really were, I won't ask this question. I won't ask this. I won't ask. I'll ask this question, but I beg you, don't respond. But how many of you today really feel like today in this room, you're a failure? That's how you define yourself. You're a failure. Well, if that's the case, then that means God died for a failure? Do you really honestly think he went through all of that to die for a worthless failure? You've heard me say this before, and I'll say it again, folks. One of the biggest lies we tell ourselves is, without him, we are nothing. That's not true. In fact, the Bible doesn't even say, without him, we are nothing. It says, without him, we can do nothing. Now, let's get that straight. But it doesn't say without him we are nothing. Why? Because without him we are nothing. Then it means he died for nothing. He didn't die for nothing. He died for something. But I feel like a nothing because he hasn't showed me and I haven't seen the something he died for. Because he didn't die for me from where I was. He died for who He was making me to be. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died. That means he could see where we were going before we even knew who he was. Right where you are right now, could you just bow your heads? I'm very hesitant today to push, press anyone to respond. But So I'm just going to ask you to do this. Right where you are, just close your eyes. Some of you need to talk to the Lord for a moment. I, I have felt, I don't know if it's one, two, three, four, I have no idea. But I have felt today this, this tug on my heart as the Spirit of God has gone out in this place. God is reaching for somebody. Can you just respond to Him in a gentle way? Maybe you don't know what to say. Maybe you don't know what to pray. How about pray this prayer, Lord? I want to see myself the way you see me. I want to see myself the way you see me. Do you realize within that prayer, in that request, is encompassed everything? Because in order to see, in order for you to see yourself the way He sees you, there's got to be healing, there's got to be forgiveness, there's got to be things happen in you. So that one prayer can change everything. Lord, I want to see you. I want to see myself the way you see me. I want to see myself. God, show me the way you see me. Show me. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over every lying spirit. I take authority over the accusation of the enemy that brings lies, confusion into every mind in this room. Oh, today, folks, the devil wants to define you. If you let him, he'll define you. He's going to define you. His definition of you is based off of the fact he he doesn't want you to see who God has made you to be who God wants you to be his definition is always going to be skewed oh Jesus Lord I produce right now in this place a love your love to flow in this place in the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
In the name of Jesus, would you just reach over next to somebody right now? You don't have to pray for them. Just pray with them. Maybe put your hand on their shoulder. Maybe grab them by the hand. Let's just take a moment, if you would, just pray one for another. Some, nothing, nothing major, just something simple. Just you and the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Father, let your love flow in this place. Let your love flow in this place. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I, every moment. Oh, Lord, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Lord, have your way. Oh, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you. Oh, yes, I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Lord, I have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Come on, some of you are just letting the Lord reach out. Come on. I know some of you aren't here today, but there's some of you that letting the Lord's reaching out to you. Would you just respond to Him? Come on. The Lord's trying to do something right now. Come on. Some of you, I know you've tuned it out, but that's okay. Come on. God's doing something right now. Just open up your heart. Open up your heart and let Him do it today. Oh, say it. 
live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment. I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord have your way. To honor you, oh Lord, with all I worship, I worship you. still moving. 